Hey, Jer, haven't seen you for quite a while. What's up with you? Ah, not much. What's up with you? Nothing. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. We are finally back on our Monday schedule. How yeah, good does that feel, Cal? It's good to be back. It's good just to be uh, hearing your voice again, kind of seeing the familiar scenery um, of the office, and uh, I'm happy to be here, happy to I, be a part of this. I think, uh, you know, now that it's the first week of August, I actually feel as yep. though we survived July pretty well. I mean, we did two episodes when I was in Iceland. Okay. And now we're, you know, we're back on our we're back on our train here. Uh we are doing be- July was better than what I expected or anticipated. Really? I think so. I mean, I know we talked about it quite a bit as to how we should play that month out, but uh I think it was good. I'm just thankful that the listeners are still engaged. I posted a little Instagram are today. Are they? Yeah, people liked the Instagram I posted today. Okay. So did that's good. S- did you see that? Uh, I don't think so. No, no, sorry. Well, no, that's fine. It's no, part man, I, it's not <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It uh, it has to do with something I kind of want to talk a little bit about today. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you just get right into it? Uh, sure. Um, so I had a really good mini adventure this past week. Hmm. So just, wait, mini adventure? Yeah, I had an adventure in my everyday. Oh my gosh! All right, continue. So. Um, you know where I work, Eagles Flight. We have every six weeks, thirty facilitators from around Canada come to head office to learn a new program that they then train people across Canada for six to eight weeks. Okay, Eagles Flight. <laughs> and these thirty facilitators, you know, most of them are pretty cool, but there's three guys in particular that I have become quite fond of. Their names are Matt, Chris, and Adam. These are just coworkers. Basically, or do they just need coworkers. to be. They need to be given the name facilitator. They, yeah, I guess they should be. The, you know, lead facilitator is probably how they would prefer to be called themselves. But you call them friend. I just call them friend. Okay. And they, so they come in for one week every six weeks. So when they're in the office, it's like a pretty good time. Like you hang out at lunch on their breaks, and it's it's good time. Oh, I see. So they're uh, three weeks of the month. They're out actually doing their job. Like six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Six and okay. one, six and one, six and one. Oh, wow. So this week when they're back, it's now like the third time that they've done this this year. So we're like, we got to do something special. And so then we were talking about maybe going out for dinner. And then from there, I was like, oh, maybe let's go to this cool microbrewery. And then I had the idea, what would happen if I busted out the RV? Mm. You should have seen their eyes light up, my friend. Uh, your coworkers or the facilitators? <laughs> My coworkers and the facilitators. Their eyes right. were like, yes, it would be unreal to pick up the RV. So on Thursday, after they had finished their uh, yeah. learning, we hopped in my tiny Jetta. The backseat of a 2001 Jetta is not very big, and these guys are all bigger than me. Mm. So okay. it was a hilarious and cramped drive down to Niagara, but we picked up the RV, and then we went to Osthouse Brewery and Silversmith Brewery, and these guys got to experience the magic of the RV for the first time. And it was like seeing a kid on Christmas. It was amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun. So that was all down in Niagara. That was all down in Niagara. And then we drove back up to Guelph, and they slept in their hotel rooms. I slept in the RV, and then I went to work in the morning. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Wait, so this was just like, isn't that supposed to be something fun for everyone to participate in? The sleeping in the RV? No, the, like, going out for dinner or going to the brewery or doing something in the RV. What do you mean everyone? Well, I thought you said, like, like these guys come back and everyone in the office celebrates them. Um, So, sorry, there's 30 facilitators and yeah. the three of them are my friends. So, we oh, went so out. Oh, you only, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, we just, just us went out because we're all buddies. Okay, okay, exclusive, got it. Yeah, very exclusive. Right, yeah, and very I, exclusive. It, there was actually a fourth guy who's not kind of part of the 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 main three guys that I'm friends with, but he's like a beer sommelier. So you invited him just for his knowledge, for his knowledge, and he's actually pretty pretty good people too. Oh, so you actually may have 
blossomed a friendship, perhaps. Yes, we definitely, ex- I expanded the friendship network. So it was just a really good example, in my opinion, of doing something spontaneous, saying, you know what, yeah, I'll drive an hour and a half just to pick up a vehicle that guzzles gas and then, you know, just drive it. Like, it was just one night that was in so many ways frivolous, but in so many other ways so fun and a little bit adventurous. That's amazing. And on a weeknight. And on a weeknight, which was and like work the involved, best part. And work involved, which is nice. It, sometimes it's kind of fun to hang out with the work people outside of work. Totally. And these it's, are, it's always kind of like you don't know what's going to happen. What's and, this guy really like? And you know what? We had this conversation on the phone this past week where we were talking about how Guys really bond when they do stuff together. Yes. No, well, m- more specifically, guys really bond when they have a sleepover was my point. <laughs> and that, that is something that I found out very early on in life when I was 8, 10, probably 10, 12 years old. Had a buddy. Why am I not tight with this guy? I mean, we got so many things in common. Oh, I haven't had a proper sleepover with this guy. No wonder we're not, uh, you know. Totally. Dude, look who, like uh, like I do with other guys. Look who just showed up. I know. What the heck? I, I saw him actually like five <laughs> minutes ago. He had his face peered in the crack of the door. Dude. Who's Get him on the mic. Who do we who do we have over here? It's uh it's Tyrone. Get right in on that mic. It's Tyrone. Hey Ty, what's up, buddy? Kyle says, hey, what's up, buddy? He doesn't have say, headphones. So I don't have headphones. Right, right, so I never Jared can that. just tell me anything that Calvin's saying. I'm gonna have to believe him. Okay, so Tyrone just showed up. And this is actually another good point of point of conversation. Tyrone, you were on episode one. Oh, true. Oh, we're we're live. We're podcast. live. Oh, okay. We're recording. Okay. Well, I'm on episode. What is this? Uh, twenty something. I don't know. Great news. Maybe, uh, maybe we're not that far. I forget where we're at. Hey, Ty, are you? Uh, did you pack that book for me this weekend, man? You got it, Calf. Yes, thank you, buddy. So this actually segues nicely into our next next part of our conversation, which is this coming weekend. Mm. I think I, right, did, well, I think I did justice to my little mini adventure story, which was really fun. Uh, very spontaneous, but yeah, you did great. You did hey, great. I'm just coming in. Could you tell that all again? <laughs> Absolutely not. You can listen to the podcast. Oh, okay. Um, so we're just so guys, listeners out there, this is going to be the best weekend of the summer. Is Doc Shaker, 2016, and by right. th- I guess by the time Stock this podcast Shaker. comes out, Doc Shaker will have already happened. But right, we are getting really pumped for this weekend. And Tyrone was just swinging by. Why? To drop off some. Uh, Adventure supplies, we're like, going to call them. What would those be? Those yes. would be some golf clubs. Yep. Those would be some beverages. Yep. Those would be the necessary uh, equipment to sleep in. So are you, I whatever actually time to take all this stuff up for you. You just said <laughs> golf clubs before, and now this is like a laundry list. Well, Calv's been harassing me to bring his camping equipment back. And so rather than... It's sh- Calvin's <laughs> stuff? I don't have Dude, all the room my I stuff. Car. Yes, you do. Bring the RV. Okay. Not a problem. It's I'm either already you bringing this stuff or I show up to work. Like, <laughs> I am just ready to go in the middle of the bush. Okay. I am already bringing two sets of golf clubs, all of the speakers to shake the dock at Dock Shaker, <laughs> Katie's stuff, my stuff, all my fishing gear. Now I got to bring Calvin's camping gear. What is this? I can and maybe... don't forget my book. <laughs> what book? Uh, Calvin, I'll bring your book. I can't trust that to Jer. <laughs> Uh, so is all the stuff ready for me to take uh yeah i actually didn't know where you were so that's why i came in but i I, I, i'm gonna go put it there now awesome i'll let you get back to the podcast and calf i will see you tomorrow i'll i'll see you later buddy all right bye thanks for the guest appearance oh that's so good that's so good well, you know, that kind of uh, a random guest appearance kind of brings me to this next point, Calvin. We have an amazing guest on the podcast today. We have a guest that isn't really a guest. I mean, his he's been involved from the very beginning, you could say. So people have been just dying to hear the voice of this guy, especially on the Graham Genvy episode where he was kind of in the background. You kind of heard his voice, but he is making his debut, and Calvin and I could not be... More excited, everyone out there, round of applause for our amazing producer, Cole McFarlane. Bring him out. Hey, guys. Cole, so good to have you with us. It's, it's good to hey, be Cole. here. Welcome. In a in a vocal capacity. It's it's uh, It's been a long time coming to have you on the show. It's true. I think I was hoping that we would drag it out a little longer, that people would start a hashtag bring cole on you know, I was, what yeah, would the hashtag have been 
Yeah, bring Cole on. Would bring be fine. Cole on. Yeah, I'm bring good with that. Bring Cole on. But of course, you just needed some content for the summer, so here no. I am. <laughs> no, you cannot think of yourself as a last-ditch effort to get content. You cannot think of yourself that way. You're right. I won't. Cole. Calvin. How has things been going with the Pokemon? You know what, Calvin? Pokemon Go. Have you played? No. Have you seen it, experienced it? I've seen kids on my street. Are there lots of Pokestops outside your house? Apparently. There's one. Yeah, I think so. So you do know a little bit about it. No, yeah. Oh, I, I completely understand what it is, but I haven't played it myself. I've been having a pretty good time with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I've I've definitely... Uh, I've your met... wife issued an Amber, an Amber Alert, so <laughs> I took that as... He's having a good time. <laughs> we don't know where he is. No, I've met people. I've met people in my neighborhood. I've discovered new parts of my of my city, and I've gone on walks with friends and expanded your mind. Yes. All right. Have you played Jerk? Yeah, I have. I've gone actually yeah. out with Cole a couple times, and in many ways, Pokemon Go is in you know the epitome of adventure in your everyday. Because no, it, you're completely right. It actually, gets you out of your house and. This is Cole started playing before he took me out on a couple runs, and he was like, "I've met a bunch of people in my neighborhood, and isn't that neat that a video game, the thing that keeps people sedentary in their basement for hours on end, is in a weird and strange way bringing people together and giving people common ground? It's actually very cool." Jeremy, were you or were you not told as a child that Pokemon is from the devil? I was not told that, and in fact. My parents bought, no, we saved up enough money to buy a Game Boy, and then we bought Pokemon games, and we were allowed to play them. Now, here's oh, the here's the wow. amazing thing, because you guys, I don't know how old you would have been in 1997, 1998. We would have been eight years old, nine years old. Okay, so you were probably old enough to play Pokemon. Cause we were. Because I, I was right. in junior high, grade yeah. seven, and I remember bringing, like, sneaking yep. my Game Boy Color Ooh. to recess and doing the link cable thing and trade in pokemon but we weren't really supposed to be doing that well here's the fun the link cable is unreal we there was a couple sleepovers where we were able to bust up bust out the link cable and then finish our pokedexes which was so money but uh bonding here's the thing that's been funny about the pokemon go craze go on it has created a desire in me to bust out my old game boy color and to play the pokemon games over again mm, and i'm just about to defeat the elite four in my game of pokemon yellow Oh, so you have done it? Yeah, I've like almost done the game. <laughs> the 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 thing about Pokemon Go is that it is like, at, in one breath, the most interesting and exciting cultural moment that we've seen of this type in a long time, and simultaneously an awful video game. Right, so it right, like, right, right, right. It's pulling out the old Pokemon is kind of like the best thing you can do. Because Pokemon Go doesn't really scratch the Pokemon itch in the same way, I don't think. No, it doesn't. And that's why I had to bust out the Game Boy because I was like, no, I want to battle trainers and I want to, you know, level up in a way that is like more meaningful than what that Pokemon Go game offers. But Cole, expand on this cultural moment thing a little bit more for us. What do you mean by that? Briefly. Just <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Honestly, no do problem. Not take a lot no problem. <laughs> No, wh- what I mean by that is you you rarely see in in this day and age like years ago, television shows aired at a particular time and everybody watched them at the same time. So that week, you know, you get phrases like "around the water cooler," like stuff that people are talking about at work or at school or whatever. And I think as interests diversify and as we get more types of music and more music and more movies and all this stuff, there's less that people can really rally around in a huge way at one time. So you see less and less big cultural things that take people by storm. And so, and, and especially you don't see that in video games because it's a, a niche enough thing. Sure. So for Pokemon Go to... And there's already been a hundred Call of Duties or a hundred totally. Need for Speeds. And like, and they're all, all big in their own way, but they don't, they don't arrest the attention of the every person. Yeah. And I don't, I was not expecting Pokemon Go in any way to be a cultural phenomenon. I was expecting it to be a mediocre video game, but um, that people would play for a bit. But anyway, so by cultural moment, it's just like 
the first few days, like, because I, I downloaded it and signed up for an American account to play it in Canada before it was released in Canada. Awesome. And even during that time, when it was not released in Canada, I was at a cottage in Grand Bend, which is not like, is not a mecca of any kind other than like <laughs> of civilization. And we, uh, Janessa and I were roaming the streets in the in downtown, and there was a there was a guy just like on the corner looking at his phone, and I yelled out the car, "You playing Pokemon?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get this gym." So the fact that like the first stranger I see who's looking at his phone mm-hmm. is playing Pokemon Go before it's out in like a podunk town is it it's to me it was like something's happening here. It's weird and how you can point them or like how you're able to point them out. I mean, because it's just someone on their phone concentrating reading something, but you know this dude's playing Pokemon. Well, and it's it's things like a person standing on a corner of the street that isn't a bus stop. Like you would see somebody waiting and looking at their phone but suddenly you start to realize that there are peculiar behaviors i went downtown burlington this week and everybody down there has their phone and then out of their phone is a white cord out of the bottom of the phone into their pocket so like the new earbuds like you know how you used to be able to tell that someone had an apple device because of earbuds yeah the new earbuds is like a power charger in the pocket oh so they can just run their phone longer battery booster and literally everybody i saw downtown burlington walking around was like just had a charger in their pocket really yeah playing pokemon no mostly but even yeah, yeah, yeah i think i think they're i've seen them in cases of beer and like they're they're becoming cheaper right, so right, people right, are right. ending up with them but hmm. um does this pokemon go app suck data like while you're using it i read an article that said that it doesn't uh like that telus and other providers were kind of surprised how little data it uses so oh okay. it's hard to know because all the all the intense graphical stuff would be happening locally on your phone. Yeah. So, but it's GPS and I don't really understand right. if GPS uses data or not or if it's its own if it's its own thing, but when when I went out with Cole, it was really interesting, Calvin, because we were down at the waterfront in Burlington and there were just hordes of people and it wasn't like 12-year-old and 13-year-olds and like even 17-year-olds. There were truly people of all ages like people our parents age and even older who were playing this pokemon game i could not believe it there was like a pack like four like two guys and or two men and two women in their 40s maybe 50s walking together playing pokemon fellas i'll tell you this i will just continue to knock it until i try it (laughs) fair enough you know what that's totally fair that is totally fair because i think we need people on both sides of the equation just to make a healthy and robust discussion about it. Yeah, exactly. You it's, can't have uh, everyone on board. Spoiler alert. It'll come up again in this episode. Okay, okay, fine. Well, while you guys have been honing your skills, um, and, Pokemaning. And and getting used to what it's like to live together. Yeah, okay. Can I finish my thought? <laughs> yeah, I'm just adding another <laughs> little thing in there. <laughs> I have been going fairly hard at it on the slalom ski this year and i have a goal i have seen photos man you are killing it so what's your goal the the lake where i go on they just some dudes just put in a course nice. a slalom course a very proper like extremely well done course so my goal by the end of i'm gonna say like mid-september like whenever kind of like my last few skis are gonna be i want to run the course that's that, that's gonna be my goal. Have you practiced on it? I have not. I've gone uh, on uh, the outside of the course, yep. so I'm hitting every other ball. Yeah, but uh, not th- not down the middle. Do you think it'll take a lot of work to get to be able, to be able to do it? Eh, to do it properly, I think so. Yeah. Wow. How has that been? Uh, you know, an adventurous challenge for you? Well, it's been an adventurous challenge for me, Jeremy, because as you know, I have uh, some rather disturbing inner ear issues hugely disturbing i can't even get over how disturbing it is and i have been taking some pretty unbelievable bails at 32 (laughs) miles an hour (laughs) so you can only imagine the pressure of the water and my head and it all colliding together in this beautiful mayhem do you have earplugs i'm sure no i'm not whoa uh, dude i know i'm just going straight up your wife lets you do that she lets me do it wow that's risky you could end up in the hospital well, so I know, but like I had like a pretty, I've had like some pretty fantastic bails and I'm okay. So I feel like, well, I can't get much worse. Calvin, can I interrupt you for just a second? Please do. I, I need some clarification on slalom ski. I don't know what it is. Is it normal water skis? Jared, go. 
Slalom skiing is skiing on one ski. That's what I imagined, but yeah. now you're talking about a course. So now what the course is, Cole, is there's basically a ball over here on the right-hand side, and then a little bit down the way, there's a ball on the left-hand side. So as the boat is driving through the course, you, gotta be on the you outside need to of get every from ball. the outside yeah. of the ball to the outside of the other ball to the outside of the other so ball. So how dependent on the boat driver is slalom skiing? Uh, not very, because the boat driver only has to go dead straight, and there's actually two little balls in the middle of the course that the boat drives through. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, the so challenge... So, you have so a lot of flexibility to... You have to control it all. Correct. Yeah. So, it's all on me. So, I mean, how, how the course works as far as competition goes... Good question, is Cole. They, they increase boat speed, uh, and they decrease rope length to such a point where the rope um, side side will be less distance to the ball then like the rope will be shorter than the boat to the ball so you would actually like the pros are actually like stretching their one arm out uh to make basically act as a longer rope to actually get their ski around the ball oh. and they're doing this at crazy? 40 miles that an is hour crazy. so as you increase speed obviously and decrease the rope length the more and more difficult it gets so do you think the course you're about to to challenge is kind of of moderate difficulty uh, i think they're all standard but the only thing that changes is the speed right. and rope length Right, so you can have a nice long rope and be uh, have the course be a little easier. For sure, yeah. Well, that's cool. Who's driving for you? Um, Mainly my father-in-law, and then my brother-in-law also will drive for me. Is it on Leonard Lake? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. It is sweet. Very cool. Well, you know, one reason we wanted to have Cole on the, on the show today is not just... Again, what he said earlier is just to fill content, fill airtime. Sure, sure. No, it's not. Cole, you've been with us from the very beginning, and we're right now at a pretty interesting point in the podcast's life where it's kind of midsummer. In some ways, we're feeling as though it's time to, you know, potentially take some time to stop, think about what kind of content we want to make, start creating a little bit more content, and then launching into the fall. But from your perspective, having kind of been along for the ride with Calvin and I from the very beginning, um, I don't know what, what's been interesting to you from your perspective, looking at what we've done with the podcast so far. Well, the funny thing is that I wasn't expecting to necessarily be impacted by the content of the podcast. Like when I signed up to be involved, Whoa, that's I know, offensive, I'm sorry man. guys. I'm really sorry. This is confession time, but <laughs> I was expecting, dude, <laughs> I was expecting to enjoy the challenge of a technical thing and to uh, connect with you guys on a project you're doing. But I was like, adventure doesn't really apply to me. I'm not really I'm not really the target market. So I'll just help I'll just help make this thing go along. But it's especially the first few episodes when we were recording interviews with people, I just every time we talked to someone, I would walk away with something uh, that just I couldn't let go of. What would that like what was one example? So uh, the one of the early ones was Jordan talking about sort of defying people's expectations and and just doing something sort of outside of what would be expected of you hmm. like he was talking about asking people for things or whatever and i just remember really early on uh there's a party that janessa and i were invited to and i got a couple asks people kind of really wanting us to be there but we had done something else and we got in really late but the party was still going and i would i'm just i'm tired i'm gonna go to bed i was just like that's what people would expect from me like boring old cole just you know go to bed give up so i was like i'm going to the party so i left at like midnight drove half an hour to get to this party nice hung out for an hour and then went home so that was like a, a very small thing but it was kind of cool and then the next and you like directly thought of what jordan said or was that just in your head or did you do it subconsciously or no like in that case i was weighing whether to go or not go and i thought about that thing cool and i was like i need to go hmm. need to do something a little more interesting than the default position hmm. right right and then the next one was um i think it was uh zach and hannah hannah or it was i think it was zach and hannah talking about simplicity yeah and um they they were just talking about the concept of um if somebody else could get more joy out of something that you own yeah they should a- they should have it hmm. that's that was kind of their philosophy and right. we were thinking about moving in like having you guys move in with us and i've been sort of purging stuff and selling stuff and so that that was another one that like stuck with me and i started i i went through a huge kijiji boom in my life around that time and hmm. sold, a, sold a bunch of stuff and gave some stuff away and 
Well, and it's interesting too, like that kind of, in a way, like those two rooms that you have given to us in this house now give Katie and I more joy than they were getting when they were just holding your stuff. Totally. So that's another even cool example where you can say, oh, here was an opportunity that was just literally sitting there and now we're doing something with it. That's kind of cool. So I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the age that I'm at or thinking about having kids at some point. For whatever reason, jo- I joined the podcast. Like being a part of the podcast happened in a season of my life where I started to take stock of how unadventurous I am. <laughs> and just sort of like how how much I live in a default position. And so between the podcast and just like some inspiring influences like Casey Neistat, which I discovered around the same time. And he is what? Casey Neistat's a very, very famous, popular YouTuber who uh, bombs around New York on a motorized scooter looking for adventure and whose personal motto is basically just do more things. Cool. Just like get stuff done, do things. So you uh, found both of these things kind of at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so I just started to, I just... Who would be more inspiring though to you, Cole, really, personally? <laughs> who, Casey Neistat or us? <laughs> Yeah, Calvin. I've watched some of these Casey videos. They are insane, and I know I've seen. You've seen them, but yeah. But I mean, like one and along, like the same at the same time. Like Graham, who Graham was previously a, a guest yes. on the Open yeah. Road podcast, started making videos, and I just started to really think about that side of life, like adventure. In in a, like I am never going to be the fly down a mountain or jump Guru. out of a plane or like adventure in the like that one narrow sense, right? But I, yes, yes. but I did think that like, I want to open up cracks in my life to adventure, to mm-hmm. defying the norm, to, because hmm. I think, well, I think go ahead. you hit the nail on the head there. Like, is that exactly what you said? Like defining adventure in such a narrow way. Like, I just think for, even for me in this podcast, just opening ourselves up to so many other avenues of where you can find adventure that's just sitting there lying in wait for you. And you didn't even really notice that it was in front of you. Absolutely. And I think like for me, when I think about character and like wh- what kind of person I want to be. And, and for me, that that is often a conversation that gets wrapped up in faith as well, is I think that I have to be like I want to be a person that cares for other people and welcomes in other people and prioritizes other people over myself. Hmm. And the older I get and the less like I think that being adventurous and open to things is required for me to be that kind of person if that makes sense like to be curious about people that are different than me to welcome other people because i think the path of default positions like doing what you've always done and doing it the same way closes you off from people and and makes you i think less caring and open to other people if that makes sense it does make sense it kind of even reminds me of what Calvin and I were talking about on our last Iceland episode all around hitchhiking. You could easily just pass by a hitchhiker, no problem. But the whole act of stopping, pulling over, stopping what you are doing, letting somebody else come into your space with no expect, like having no idea what might happen um, is a really neat way to have an adventure or to do something that you wouldn't normally do. So it's kind of what it reminds me of a bit. Absolutely. And I think like, I'm not very good at being uncomfortable. Like I, I'm a perfectionist, so I don't really like to do anything that I'm not doing well or that I don't fully understand. But then I think that that makes me, that makes me easily uncomfortable around social situations and people that I don't understand. Hmm. And so like, if I continue to practice kind of pushing those boundaries a little bit, hopefully it means that I can be better at receiving new people, which is exactly what you just said. This is really kind of interesting for me to hear. I don't, and I don't know about you, Calvin, but when we mm-hmm. set out to start the podcast, these are the exact kind of things that we were, in a way, hoping for. Yeah, you're right. And who knew that the person it would be <laughs> affecting the most? And maybe the only person. You never well, know. Well, no, I think it's even, and, and Calvin and I have chatted about this too, it's even uh, affected us. We had a good conversation on the phone this week where we were just... While, while in some senses in a bit of a summer slump, we were still really excited about what's happening on the podcast, what, uh, you know, yes. how certain listeners are uh, interacting with us and how 
you know, some people are starting to just have the whole idea of adventure top of mind because that's really what it's about. If you have some people chatting about having adventure in your everyday every week, naturally it's going to be more on the top of your mind. And therefore, when an opportunity comes up, you're going to be confronted with something in the same way that you were confronted with, you know, Jordan's voice ringing in your ears. You know, in many ways, I forget what Jordan said because that podcast was so long ago. But the the reminders every week or the, the little bit of kind of nudging in the right direction, uh, I think has been good for me, too, to say, yeah, you know, what? I'm actually going to get in the car. I'm going to drive down to Niagara, pick up the RV, come back and we're going to have a fun time. Uh, as a, as the producer, it's just important for me to step in here and say <laughs> any future potential guests, what you say is very important and we will remember it. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. We will remember everything are wonderful and fantastic. Guests. We are sponges. sponges. Um, so can I share? Cool. Oh, go ahead. Okay, Aiden. I just want to ask you a little bit about your Kijiji adventures. Yeah. Um, were you pretty successful? And is this your first time? Were you able to kind of fend off the hagglers and uh cut some deals uh, yeah i would say it was it was very successful i i have done kijiji a couple times in the past i've bought a couple mm-hmm. things concert tickets sold a couple things but this was probably like four to six uh things in like a few weeks wow and i got to the point where like i would never previously i would just as a rule not do the exchange at my house like i would go to tim hortons or whatever and i did one or two at home I just got more and more comfortable okay. with it. Um, yeah, yeah. And partly just th- exactly what you're saying. Like you get for, for a couple items, I got so much junk, like low balls or right. whatever. And it would kind of sit there for a while. So then finally someone's like, oh, I'm coming through this area at this time. So I would just mm-hmm. kind of jump on it. And I just got more and more comfortable Perfect. doing that. But it was great. Yeah. I would definitely uh, now I- default to Kijiji faster than I would have in the past. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I recently came across a Kijiji tip from a friend of mine that is so sleazy, but uh, (laughs) he gave the example, like, if he lives in, he gave the example of Hamilton to Toronto. Yeah. What's halfway between Hamilton and Toronto? Oakville? Sorry, no. Mississauga. Okay. Let's just say Oakville. Fine. He said, he's from Hamilton, but he's selling from someone in Toronto. He said, hey, uh, I'm from, no, sorry. Just say that he's in Oakville. And um, the person's in and the person is in. Oh, is in um, Toronto. Toronto. He says, I'm from but Hamilton. He says, oh, hey, I'm from <laughs> Hamilton. Can you meet me halfway in Oakville? <laughs> Which is really where and he's from. And then just meets him around the corner <laughs> to do the exchange as the guy's driven all the way down. That's amazing. <laughs> so slippery. Wow. And then asks, but genius. and then only comes with half the cash in his pocket. Oh, oh. this is all I have. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, that's really fun. That's actually a pretty good uh, trick. I'm not going to lie. It is a pretty good trick. Cool. You're about... I, I'm not going to say that I'll never use it. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Muskoka. Hey, yeah, I'm exactly. from North Bay. Could you drive from Toronto to Muskoka? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're about to say one more thing kind of about the topic of adventure. Well, I was just going to share a story with you guys. We'd An- love to hear Another it. sort of... Uh, res- pokey adventure? Result- no, not a pokey adventure, but a result of... That season I was talking about between the podcast and Casey and I sat. Think differently. Let's being inspired. Yeah, just like being open to things in a way that I'm typically more curmudgeonly and close. <laughs> uh, so I, I was at this this event, this church event of people like uh, across the church network that I'm a part of meeting together, whatever, whatever. But I, I met this pastor and we were just talking about what, what he's doing in the summer with his family, if he's taking any holidays. And he started describing this... Uh, trip that he does with his family every year it's a bike trip and he's describing this trip in quebec it's like a a trail that's been converted from an old railway so it's mostly paved and he says his kids do it every year and it's great so for whatever reason in in a thing that i cannot really explain Mm -hmm. i immediately wanted to do it huh and like usually you're it's just polite conversation but i was like i want to do this yeah if the kids can do it i can do it so then i sent it to janessa and she was just like didn't know who was sending her this thing because I had heard something from a stranger. Really not you. Who to do is it. this guy? Yeah. So she just had to say yes because it was. She's like, we have to do this. Like this doesn't happen. That Cole comes up with an idea. That's <laughs> I wanted crazy to like do this. an adventurous trip. Now I should say that I did not own a bike. Uh, and uh, you know, did you know how to ride a bike? Yes. Yeah, I did know okay. how to ride a bike. Now 
between sort the of. point where we decided to take the trip with training wins. and when we took the trip i learned a ton and had to learn a ton uh how to change gears a little turn, bit of a little bit of a little bit of mechanics of which a bike. were the front and the left and the rear no brakes. more things like the necessity of of bike shorts like I, uh, like things oh, like that really? like early on we bought we bought bike shorts which is great like it's got they've got the chamois in them so. and what's the what's the uh what's the deal with them why are they so special they're tight and they have a yeah. a real good pad in them to help in with the rear your so tender the areas yeah yes and yeah. there's also yep. this it. is the coolest part about the shorts they interact really well with the lubricant oh well yeah i mean that's a whole different conversation but <laughs> there's a bike lube that you rub in between your thighs and between your shorts it's well go no, on. it's called chamois cream or chamois cream and the chamois is the pad that's in those shorts so typically you're supposed to use the cream in the areas that touch that pad okay but keeps everything silky smooth anyway right it's you know that's that's real fresh. advanced so this trip was it's all part of the culture this trip was 200 kilometers um the longest I had ever biked previously was 16 <laughs> in one go. Uh, we did the trip over four days, so kind of an average of 50 kilometers a day. We did a yeah a big day, but we just before the trip we went on a test a test bike. We did a 33 kilometer uh, bike oh. together, which is yeah. which was our basically our shortest day was going to be 33 kilometers. So we just gave it a go, and I really injured my knee, <laughs> like my two, two my, days before the trip. A couple weeks before the trip, oh, like a week okay. and a half before the trip, my knee was throbbing and I looked into it and like it was a, it seems like it was an IT band issue, which is a band that runs all the way from your knee to your butt and it can, can come out of having a weak butt, which definitely I've never worked my glutes. So <laughs> it's very weak butt disease. It's very possible that WBD. So right up until the day, the fir- halfway through the first day it felt very possible that we would not be able to do this trip. <laughs> oh, like imagine, imagine Calvin, like you're about to go on a trip. That's 200 kilometers. You do a test run and you just get owned. Dude, I've been there. Have you about to go on a month long RV trip and our RV won't start. Fair so enough. true. Fair that's enough. not a story for right now though, but yes, <laughs> no, but I mean, I know the discouragement. Yeah. Money's already been spent. Yeah. And that was exactly with us. Like if we had to cancel, we would have lost all the money. Yeah. Oh. This is like B and B's and yeah, yeah, talking yeah. tens of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not tens of thousands. But <laughs> Cole's loaded. No. So okay, so then uh what happened? Did your knee shape up? So ba- basically like a day and a half before I got a little bit of an inkling as to what might be happening, did a little bit of reading and just decided to try a tensor brace, mm. like just basically like a cloth sleeve yep. that yep. has a couple bands on the side and holds things tight and it my knee was perfect the entire trip that's amazing it's crazy really yeah like i had no trouble i had tired knees like uh and and also i think between the 33 kilometer trip and the actual bike trip i learned a little bit about gears and proper like kind of proper effort because i think on the the hilly trip that we did that was 33 kilometers i probably just burned right. my knee out too much on, effort there's an efficient way to do yeah, it. yeah exactly and the trip right. was also on an old rail trail which which limits the grade change so even though did they're you, uphill oh i see it's it's so did gradual. you buy a brand new bike for this yes yeah i bought a nice. bike in the spring um janessa i bought a bike last year and oh yeah so we she had that bike and i bought a similar bike a hybrid bike now when i think of doing a bike trip like that it's paved but I mean, it's long. I think of one of those like the ideal thing for me. I think would be one of those sit down bikes. You know what I mean? Like it kind of looks like yep. a folding lawn chair. Yeah. And then there's a it's still two wheels, and you're kind of laying down, pedaling in front of you. That seems like it would be the most amazing thing. We saw a couple of those. Did the, you on the trip? Yeah. Are they fast? It didn't seem like it. No. I think what would be sweet for and me how are to they do on a trip hills? like that would be a dirt bike. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so, Jared. I don't think you can go on the trail with one of those. I just you can it. snowmobile this trail. Oh, cool. In the, in the winter. winter. That's yeah. cool. But I didn't see any dirt bikes. Hmm. I saw some tandem bikes. Awesome. On the trail. That's yeah. amazing. High quality? That's a big commitment to do a tandem oh. bike on well, the trail the thing, like that. The thing with the trail is that it's... You can um, do parts of it? 
Yeah, totally. Like it, it goes through t- tons of towns. So like it is local to a whole bunch of different people. So we, we would see people walking and you could kind of tell the people that were doing the whole trek because of the panniers on their bike. Like if they were carrying a bunch of gear. What's a pannier? Uh, is that a French word? Like I think it could be pannier, but I've always said pannier. C'est un pannier. But it's the it's the, the little satchels. The bags, yeah. So side satchels. Cole, you had this scare. You let's you know, starting way back, you heard, had a conversation, all of a sudden something clicked inside you, you had to do it. You bought a bike, spent some good money on a nice bike, then all of a sudden you are like at the lowest where you're like, I can't do this. I'm about to leave and I'm gonna lose all this money and my knee is terrible. Then you get this magical brace that fixes your knee. You drive 200 kilometers on your bike after having never done anything like that. And, like, what was the feeling you felt when you got to the end of it? This sounds pretty cool. It was really cool. Uh, It felt – I think the biggest feeling was after day one when I was like, we're going to do this. (laughs) Like, Janessa and I felt like, okay, first of all, we're not going to lose a ton of money. Right. And we will probably be in a little bit of pain at the end of the trip, but like we can, we can totally do this. Wow. So it was very, it was a very, very rich experience for us in terms mm-hmm. of like, now it was like for us where we were at, at this stage in our lives, it was very much about the biking. Like yep. it took mm-hmm. most of our energy and effort and planning was around like getting through it and, and, and kind of doing it that yeah. way. I think for some people you'd be able to do it a little easier and maybe enjoy other parts we did see cool things and like ate great food and met some people along the way like it wasn't just biking but i could see doing it again and having a very different experience if we were like more experienced bikers huh but um very would rewarding. you do it on a tandem next time i don't think i would <laughs> i've never been on a tandem but there are there were a couple parts that were very challenging where i would just kind of like stop pedaling for a minute and i feel like that would be devastating in a tandem cole and i are uh cole and i are gonna go out tandem pokemon going soon that is (laughs) that is a plan we're gonna make a video tandem biking always just looks so romantic and fun it is the complete opposite (laughs) it doesn't really appeal to me it's so good it does it is not fun good uh that's a really good story cole and i it's it's very cool to hear someone kind of take us you know we 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 will very rarely get to hear such a complete story about how listening to this podcast has helped someone actually find more adventure. And I think for Calvin yeah, and I I'm both, a... we have been for sure finding more adventure or been keeping adventure top of mind. But it's kind of encouraging to us to hear a story like that. And I think you have it's a really very good story. Encouraging. Um, I mean, I remember like right before you went on the trip, you Cole asked Jeremy and I for the time off uh, of work and. We talked about it. I was definitely not on board to give you the time off work. Jeremy was like, eh, we should maybe give this to him. We haven't given him a holiday since we started. But uh, you know what? After hearing your stories, I'm glad uh, glad we did that for you. I really appreciate it, guys. And, you know, thanks for taking the huge pay cut while you were gone. We couldn't pay you vacation time. No, absolutely You know, sometimes sacrifice is necessary (laughs) for adventure. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? That's a lesson. Any more tips? That's a good tip. What's another tip? Okay, well, sacrifice here, is necessary. Here's the truth, guys. Okay. Because I've been involved in every episode of the Open Road podcast, yeah. I've been thinking about my tips since day one. Ooh. But then. After hearing them all. <laughs> but then actually, I, I didn't ever come to any conclusions. So I do have two tips. Am I allowed to share two? Well, you said you didn't share. come to conclusions, and now you're saying you have two. So you did come to a conclusion. I have two tips that are just out of kind of reflecting on okay. the story that I, just, that I just shared. So the first tip, and Calvin, this one, this this is a tip specifically for you. Okay. My first tip for finding adventure in your everyday is to play Pokemon Go, <laughs> and Ooh. I and I literally mean like, try it out. Go out in your neighborhood. So I was playing. I went to meet uh, uh, some people for coffee the other day, and mm-hmm. I got there 15 minutes early. So I pulled out Pokemon Go, went for a walk, went into this park, and found an aviary that I didn't know existed, and like the different. Um, Pokestops have like name name tags like title cards that are the real okay. that are the real thing. So if you click I'm on tracking. it, it'll tell you like in the real world what it is that is that the Pokestops attached to. So in this case, it was like an aviary, like a little bird museum or whatever really? bird bird place in a park. So like, I just I'm just discovering places and seeing parts of areas that I would not really pay attention to previously. And then also, and is meeting, there a bird Pokemon in there? 
No. <laughs> it was a, it was oh, a just disappointing. Say yes. Just say yes. It was a disappointing location <laughs> from the game standpoint, but it was a very exciting location from real life standpoint. Which is really what it's about because it's not about the game, it's about real life. That's right. So that was my first tip. Play Pokemon Go. And, and, and I think that the really exciting part about that game is that there are many people playing it who just don't leave their home. And I think that they're leaving their home, they're walking, you know, people that just aren't either social or aren't phys- like aren't physically active in any way. And this has created some excitement for people to try something new. And I think it's easy for us to like kind of belittle that a little bit, but I think it's a really exciting thing uh, for people that are to step in the right direction. Totally. Well, and even hearing Cole, your story about how in the beginning you said, I, you know, I was down to get in- involved with this podcast to help with some of the production, some of the stuff that I'm good at. I honestly don't really care about that adventure stuff uh, for you to now come and say, you know what, as I've kind of added some of this stuff to my life, there's been some pretty neat things that I've seen. And the, so for you to then say, as a person who is that way, that Pokemon go gets those types of people, maybe like yourself or maybe even more. Um, I don't know. What's the, I'm not, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but maybe even more sedentary, on that side of the spectrum, sedentary, yeah. like to get them out. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Good tip. My second tip, uh, if this is also another tip for people that feel like maybe adventure, if, if, if they're thinking of adventure as being something that's not for them or feels like something that's difficult to grasp at. And, and in this case, I am talking a little bit about like trying adventurous things like like the bike trip or whatever um, is seek out like adventurous families or families that, you know, that have gone on adventures Ooh. that the kids have participated in. Because if you're a person who isn't particularly adventurous, but kids have been mm-hmm. able to enjoy that experience, I feel like you might be able to find an access point. Like it might be a accessible enough adventure that you, wherever you're coming from, could enjoy it because kids did at one point. Right. Like if the kids can do it, then I can do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Of. And you might enjoy it differently right. than the kids. It's not like a perfect parallel, but that was for me, right. the bike trip was like... Like those kids could be way more fit than me. Like kids, kids have a, an endurance that adults don't necessarily always have. But yeah. I thought, okay, if the kids can do this kind of trip, then maybe it's something that I could consider looking into. Right. And the interesting thing about that too is if you have a family who goes on adventures in you that you know, and you can ask them if you can tag along on something, you don't really have to do much planning or take many of the risks that are involved with. Um, going out on your own and you can sort of get a little taste of what it's like. So I think that's a really good tip. And I don't know if we would have ever heard that from anybody else. And I, so Jeremy, would your tip off that kind of be take no risks? (laughs) No, it would be take a, you know, if you're a risk adverse person, find places where you can be risk adverse to find adventure and then see if you like it and keep going from there and keep taking steps in the right direction. And I think bouncing off that a little bit, like I, I would probably be considered like more, uh, more risk averse as a personality type. And I think for me, I think people think of adventure as being unique and um, like you have to do Mm -hmm. something that people haven't done sure, or you have to do it in a way that people haven't done it. Like that's the adventurous thing. And that's totally legitimate. Like some people like to, to chart new paths. But for me, like knowing that this, thing existed that tons of people have done it successfully i could read blogs and get tips and hints about where to go and what to do like that was an amazing entry point for janessa and i to take on a trip like that so i don't and to have an adventure even yeah so if that's your starting it. point yeah that's then cool that's i think that's great man that's really good that was very thorough i've always known that cole has had all these nuggets stored up in his brain and have him because he's s- just consuming, have right? Him sitting like, on the sitting sidelines, there, waiting, just absorbing it all. Yeah. This is good, Calvin. Uh, uh, we I might need to kick you off the co-host seat. I was actually planning on kicking <laughs> you off. <laughs> all right, Cole's taking over the podcast, and we're going to start an offshoot podcast. Guys, guys, I'll just keep producing. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, that's good. Well, Cole, thank you for sharing some of those stories. That was great. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me have me on and now Calvin I have a question for you let's and hear Cole's it. still gonna hang out with us of course but um I was really sad to hear on the last episode that your queen flew away at your beehive dude like, t- talk know. about an adventure in the everyday this beehive I thought it would be adventurous for you but like 
the bearding and adding a house and your queen flying away and worrying about rodents and having hornets invading. This has been crazier than even I expected. Jeremy, I will say there is no better way, like, for me to to learn something. This has been the most amazing way for me to learn. I know. Like, it is literally so hands-on, and I have to learn about it, or else it's devastating. Your bees will die. There is. They will die. I am the keeper, right? So I have to learn. And yeah, it's been, a, it's been a roller coaster, all very dramatic. Can you paint a picture um, for me? Calvin of what it means for a queen to fly away like how crucial yeah. is the queen how expensive was the queen like how the much money queen do you is lose is literally the life blood of the, the hive. brain if the queen disappears the hive will collapse and it because anarchy uh, everyone needs a woman or there's anarchy. anarchy I mean uh, there's nobody to report to it's uh <laughs> so I mean the queen is the only thing that lays eggs to reproduce, right? For the hive, the bees only live for 30 days. So there's, there's constant new, uh, birth happening. So, I mean, if the queen decides to leave as she has done with half my hive, I will also add, um, then I am. And was, uh, was this after you had added the second cart, the second thing, third box. box. So then she just took half the, half the colony with her. And yeah. how long can yeah. they survive? Like, do they need to build a hive in the, like, 24 hours? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what happens is they swarm, it's called, and they uh, go up into a nearby tree branch, and they'll, the queen will go there, and they will all kind of magnetize to the queen in this big, looks like a giant football of a bees, swarm. and they're just hanging off a tree, tree limb. And uh, they will kind of, from there, uh, send off scout bees to find a new place to live which is often a hole in a tree very often a hole in a house or something and basically that only lasts for like a few hours and i wasn't there to catch it or else i would have tried to retrieve it myself retrieve the Um, swarm i would have yeah attempted with what a Um, net which is no it's actually fairly civil um all you need to do is basically get a cardboard box and cut the branch off that they're on, and then just shake the contents into the what? box. Yes, and then and then it's sweet because then you have this whole other hive that uh, you can start. Then, so you wouldn't have brought them back to the home base. You would have started a new hive. No, they would have left again if I tried to do it's that. Got a smell or something. Just they have made their choice. Wow, I guess. And so, but if you give them a suitable home, they would have taken it potentially. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and s- that's what they're looking. So, for. how much was the new queen? How many bucks? It was uh, $40 Canadian. That's not bad. Yeah. For the life so we'll blood, see. I mean. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. There's so many, like, as I think I've said this before, so many uh, different opinions when it comes to beekeeping. It is really crazy. Um, just there's a million different things you could do once you've hit this point now. So I'm just, like, kind of trying to stick with one guy that i've been getting knowledge from and uh and do kind of as i've you know as i'm learning from have them. one guru instead of listening to a million opinions exactly because i kind of drive myself crazy right like i'll google like i'll just research stuff and there'll be like 50 different opinions and i'm like okay well now i'm really no better off than what i was when i went to figure out this right. problem in the right. first place now in the last six months um three people on my instagram feed have taken up beekeeping based on our podcast when we talked to graham we told everybody what you know a person we told them to do it no graham's one of them but i'm just i'm just curious if you if you feel like beekeeping is a cultural moment as we were talking about earlier like do you think something's happening is it trendy or is that just a i think it's trendy i mean i got into it because like my people i knew were doing it and they were able to coach me through it um that being said, I don't know anyone in my area that does it. Is there anything about just thinking about you saying no one in your area does it? Does being a beekeeper make you a bad neighbor? Uh, well, I actually had my first interaction with my neighbors because when the bees swarmed, they swarmed in my neighbor's tree <laughs> and they were freaking out. So you weren't there to catch a swarm, but then... I wasn't there, and I actually never even met these. They're like the neighbors that live behind us, and I never even met them. But I stuck my hive on the fence that borders our two properties. These are the people with the dog you talked about earlier. Not the dog people, actually. These are different people. Not the dead dog people. Um, 
anyways, they said, because, like, I mean, to witness a swarm is something quite magical because they do this crazy cyclone until they find the place in the tree, and it's like, you can't even go near them. Like, it's pretty dramatic. Um, and I was really disappointed that I missed it. Um, but they saw the whole thing unfold before them uh, in their own backyard. And so I was like, oh. Did they call you Sorry. or did they just come to you after work? No, they like went, came over to our house. Um, and they weren't like mad at all, actually. They were actually slightly fired no, they up. They were pissed. So that was They good. were pissed. They actually weren't. I was like in an apologetic mode yeah. that this happened, but also rattled that they had swarmed. Sure. Um. So yeah. So are you gonna give That's them some that. honey when it's ready, or is it yeah, too precious? I mean, like, to just waste on know, any man. old neighbor. Everyone asks for. Have honey, they been asking? So. Everyone, asks I guess. For honey. You know what? That's kind of the, the in my mind. That is the exact thing to ask. Like when you say, "Oh, we're getting married," the question is, "Well, when are you getting married?" Or when you say, "Um, you know, I've started a new job," people will say, "How are you liking it?" If you say, oh, I started a beehive, people would say, oh, can I have some honey? That's it, it's man. It's just the that natural exactly the response. way that It's the knee-jerk reaction. It's the first, first place their minds go. I mean, that's all good and well, but Calvin, like, my order's near the top, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all right? Well, we are paying Cole's production fees in honey. So an hour per milliliter, an That's hour great. of work. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. <laughs> I mean, and it's actually like debt honey too. I know. So, since there hasn't been. So any. has the new queen taken quite nicely to the new hive? Like, are the bees like chill with her? I cannot confirm or deny really? that right now. Um, I'm just really trying to back off of the whole situation and let her get acclimated. <laughs> You're just because that's what I've read just to be the best, like just to give them 10 days to chill without any interruptions. Wow. What makes a th- this might be a question you can't answer, but what makes a queen a queen? She's a um, female. She's the only female. Oh no! Wrong. What? Oh. Dang it! They're all. They're actually mostly females. Oh, sorry. Um, so wrong. What makes <laughs> you said that with such confidence? <laughs> it's kind of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she's the only one that can lay eggs, and she's actually quite a bit bigger. And they do lots of other interesting things that make them queen. So but is, is is it queen at birth or is it or is Queen at birth. Queen yep. something you no, become. No, it's not, not okay. a sign. Right. So is it like queen a queen is like a one in a million out of all the eggs she's going to lay? Yeah, sure. No, but they they choose to make uh, an egg a queen. Wait, what? So now so now that my now that my uh queen has left, they have already made a new queen um because they wanted to because they need a new queen. So they've made s- uh, maybe like a dozen queen cells which are like a, quite a bit a, like a two inch long cell that they put the queen into the queen egg uh, and they feed it something different than the, what they feed normal larva to actually make it into a queen and then the first queen to emerge from her shell goes off and kills all the other queens that have not yet hatched and she is victorious so what's going to happen so does does that thwart the queen that you purchased no because she's the first so queen. now yeah, this is getting into this whole crazy thing. But now, yes, I have decided to purchase an already bred and laying queen. So if I wanted to just do it that the queen, let the queen hatch and then mature and mate and then eventually lay, it would take fairly long time, like 60, 50, 60 wow. days. And we are just in like the most prime of the summer right now that I've been advised to not do that and just to introduce a laying mature queen and get into production. And when you say I've been advised, is that reading an article, or do you got this guy on speed dial slash email? Speed dial. Called him. Yep. Great. And he's also the guy that sold me my bees and that I got my bees from. And the queen from, or do you get the queen from someone else? I got the queen from him as well. I mean, so obviously he's going to sell me the queen. This is so interesting, Calvin, and I'm really happy to kind of live it vicariously through you and to watch you choose to have taken on an adventure and to truly live it every day and every day is something new with these bees it's cool it really, it's really is. cool it really is okay you started your bee adventure i'm now living with cole which has been a nightmare of an adventure every day watch it yeah and how are your <laughs> wives liking living at your old apartment is that kind of working out nicely yeah or? they're all over at the old apartment they're doing fine um they invite us over kind of once a week for dinner so it works out oh good so that is nice then <laughs> just in case Calvin's dry humor is lost on some of our listeners. 
uh, Jared and his wife and myself and my wife all live in one house together. And it's been good. It has been really good. I chatted with Cal. Calvin and I had a really nice conversation on the phone. It would almost have been nice if we recorded it, but we talked about half the things on the podcast anyway. But one thing that I found so nice, Cole, was even when you guys picked us up from the airport when we were done from Iceland, and just to have a couple of people who were around when we got home that were either excited to see us or kind of to hear a little bit about the trip versus coming home to an empty house that's kind of the way you left it, but in a little bit more shambles, it feels, and it's just a depressing end to a trip. And when you guys got home from your bike trip, I was so excited to see you guys. And maybe that was nice for you guys. I don't know for necessarily. But it's been cool to have some of those spontaneous little interactions over, you know, our you know couple of weeks living together that have been really nice. Yeah, I think down the road we could we should uh, maybe do an episode about. Yeah. Life and living together, community living, and, and the the unsust life in the, the unsustainability lane. of suburban life. That's another that's another Ooh, topic yeah. for another day. That's a topic for another day. Hey, but hey, that's actually a good point, Cole. When we're talking about the future of the podcast and what some some future episodes are are going to be, uh, what are you guys thinking about about what's next? We've kind of tossed th- around the idea early in the summer of just forging through and just making it happen. Lately, we've kind of, you know, said maybe that's not necessarily the best idea. We should maybe take a quick step back, make some really good episodes and fire them up in the fall. I don't know. What are we thinking? I mean, Jeremy, as we've discussed before, our excuse, I I hate, hate, hate the excuse of I'm busy. Because guess what? I realized this a few years ago um, for trying to compare seasons in my life. I'm always busy. You are always busy. And like... So I just, you know what, I need to make things work for my life and prioritize. So um, absolutely no excuse that the summer is too busy for us to produce an episode a week. Um, that being said, I'm fine with taking time off. Yeah. yeah. To ski, the, ski the course. <laughs> I got other priorities Well, and that's the here. thing too. Like we're not going to take a break from the podcast. We'll keep recording content. But we were thinking back to our early days when we kind of had a few episodes in the bank where we could properly introduce people and properly give them the the time they deserved on blog posts and social media and you know we have a bunch of ideas but it might be nice to sit down take a couple of weeks record a few episodes and then fire things back up in september and i think you know our listeners can tolerate a little bit of spontaneity and they're listening. I think so. And we'll still keep posting good photos from Instagram. I mean, Doc Shakers this weekend. It's not like that's going to go by without a couple photos popping up. Quick side note about Instagram. I recently, yesterday, got myself into some trouble on Instagram Uh-oh. because of my dry humor. Oh, no. Let's hear it. I love that. T- I took it too far. I took it too far, man. What did you say? Uh, no, just like I had a couple of sassy comments in a photo. And then this guy took it like completely seriously and then just like went after me. And then so I just retaliated with more hilarious oh, comments. I love that. What was the Instagram I'll have account? To, I'll, I'll show you to them. I'll show them to you this weekend. All right. you, it's is, not did worth, you delete it all? Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's all up there still? Yeah, of course. Who's the? What was the account? I can't. I can't. I don't all remember. Right. I don't know. We'll, I'll right, we'll take a look at it later. But Cole, what do you think of that idea? Taking some time to really dive into some, some, good, some good content creation. Love it. Yeah? Yeah. I, uh, you're such a yes man. Well, that's the that's the stage I'm in, Calvin. You gonna you gonna <laughs> crap all over Quite it or what? <laughs> Saying yes to adventure. <laughs> no, I love the idea of like you, we've had a season, a good season of the podcast, and maybe your maybe our networks have grown. Maybe we could find increasingly interesting and diverse people to talk to. Different different facets. You've got your five. You've got your five buckets of focus or whatever, yep. however many areas of focus there are. But um, maybe some people, d- different ages, different stages, different experiences. Yeah, it'd be cool to. Jer, have you gotten the uh, the five bucket fix yet? I know that was your that was a early battle with you. Like that, I really wanted the five and, buckets. And, man, you fought. I know. So I, hard I, for those I still buckets. think they're really good, but yeah, that's the other thing. Like, should we? Like, how do we want to do that? Do we want to just go one episode by one episode? Like, what now, since we kind of strayed from that, while the five buckets are good, it's not like we necessarily um, had a very specific 
plan or a systematic approach to the buckets. Which ones are which yes. ones are least represented at this point? Probably arts and culture. No, For, food yeah, and probably. Because I think like uh, it's so easy to find exploration in the outdoors because right. that just gets you know you can. Well, and we and we also seem to find um, like entrepreneurial yep. spirits pretty easily. Yeah, those are. But I think like using the buckets as fruit. a as a sort of like over six months did we hear from all of these areas in a somewhat equal way like yeah. i don't necessarily think you have to do yeah week by week by week but like no i'm not at all wanting to change the structure being the buckets that's been very helpful for yeah us. and it's i think keeps us making making sure that if we haven't talked to someone in one area for a while we we, we yeah. make sure to to touch touch base with someone in that area to get a new perspective yeah so i agree hey hey Quick side note: You remember when we had uh, Tiny Heirloom yeah. on for that episode, yeah. and the band that we linked them with was Joseph, uh, Joseph yeah. from Portland. They're like all over the radio right now, and they played on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, something not maybe not Jimmy Kimmel. It might have been uh, Fallon. Played on some late night show. They were pretty. They got pretty big. Right. So that was because of us. I oh, it was only because of us. Yeah, imagine. Jimmy was uh, listening and uh, found it through us. But anyways, this episode's starting to get a bit long. But I think. Um, we had a nice conversation today. I think oh, I, we did, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the future of the podcast. I think taking a bit of a summer break is a wise choice so that we keep bringing premium content to the people. I'm all about the quality. Um, but uh, any final thoughts, guys? I can't wait. No. All right. It. So dear listeners out there, thank you for tuning in today. Stay tuned for what's next. We don't have necessarily an exact date on when we're going to release our next episode, but we're going to take a very short break and get some good content for you guys. And even though all three of us are very busy, it's no excuse not to keep this podcast going. There's no excuse. And we're excited about some of the stories that we're hearing. And if you have a story similar to Cole's, we'd love for you to share it. You can email us. It's just Calvin and or Jeremy at openroadpod.com. You can find us on Instagram. We both have pretty active Instagram accounts and a really good one for the podcast at Open Road Pod. Um, those are places that you can connect with us and we'd love to chat with you guys there. All right. Peace out, guys. See you, see you next year. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been... Whoa, it's whoa, been, whoa, oh, right. whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Calvin. Oh, okay, bye-bye.